Welcome to the Faithful Christian Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Faithful Christian Podcast. I'm Christian, and today we have joining us for the first time, Essie. Hi, guys. Hey, what's up, friend? How are you? I'm doing good. Great good. to be here. Glad that you're on. And we also have with us Essie Olito Manuscritos. <laughs> Hi. Oh my God. <laughs> oh God. There are going to be more giggles on this podcast than any other one. I have no doubt. Props. <laughs> so, I'm so glad that you guys could join today. Um, we are talking about friendships. This is such an important topic. I, however, have to admit that I feel outnumbered as I am literally the only introvert right here. On the recording, and I think like <laughs> you are exceptional networkers and exceptional when it comes to developing deep friendships with a lot of people, it seems like. Maybe I might be wrong, which is why we're talking about this today. <laughs> yeah. Um, it may seem like I have a lot of friends, but it's just me, myself, and Irene. <laughs> Irene? Who's that? Let's move on quickly. Anyway... Before we start, I thought it would be fun just to say how I met you both and value that you guys bring to me as friends. So I will start with you, SC. I actually met you my freshman year at Liberty. It was at Dr. Wheeler's house, and you and Britt Marie were on the piano in his living room. And I'll never forget... Like connecting with Britt because she was from Maryland. I was like, oh my gosh, you're from Maryland. I'm from Maryland. Where are you from? And she's like, I'm from Silver Spring. And I was like, I'm from Laurel. And we just, and then you were there. You're like, I'm from Northern Virginia. And I was like, okay, you're from the same area. <laughs> <laughs> and we just all, I don't know, we just connected from there. And I'm just, we just being in the same friend group, like in and out of the same friend group and going to one community. And yeah, so that's how I met Essie. And currently, the value you bring, we actually go to the same church in DC. Shout out to ARC. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. And as he holds me accountable there to be in <laughs> communion with the saints. <laughs> and you are doing a very great job. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing a lot better. I'm doing a lot better. So coronavirus, so that's happening. But even with that, yeah. you're doing good. I'm doing better. I'm trying. But yeah, I see you've been a really good friend during this season of life. Um, you're coming at a, right, a good time, and I'm thankful for you. So, Aww. Easy. We also <laughs> met at Liberty. However, you it's don't seem to remember that. <laughs> That's a mystery. <laughs> you lived in the same hall as my best friend's brother. We ate at yes. the rot multiple times. <laughs> we have countless mutual friends. <laughs> Wait, you have to explain to people friends. what the rot is because people are going to think that you guys were dumping it in dumpsters and stuff. Oh, here. yeah. It was our college's uh, cafeteria. Yeah, yeah, so the rot is short for the Reber Thomas Dining Hall, I guess that's what it's called. Yeah. But yeah, uh-huh. Liberty City oh, is really? called the rot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, okay. Didn't I think that. it used to be a Marriott, if I'm not that, mistaken. Uh... Maybe that's where it's from, actually. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, I feel like our friendship easy developed when we both were back in the DC area. Mm -hmm. I distinctly remember growing closer to you around the time that we went skiing in Pennsylvania. For for Joanna's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
And um, prior to that, I think we were still we were hanging out, but it wasn't as much, mm-hmm. you know. So and we kind of just hit it off. You become one of my accountability partners in a sense, someone that I can confess my sin to, someone that I can laugh with, someone that I can just honestly chill with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, your friendship is invaluable to me and you are my brother in the faith and I'm encouraged by you. You too, bro. And you forgot to mention that Meek's place is DC Squad HQ. <laughs> and he lives at DC Squad HQ. With that yeah. being said, we are talking about friendship and the intricacies of it and how to be a good friend, how to bear with friendships, how to know when it's appropriate to maybe end a friendship if need be, which I wrestle with and I have a hard time with because I hate things ending. But I do know that some friendships have, a, like there's just a course, you know, it's a course and there's a begin and there's an end. I just finished reading a book called Friendish by Kelly Needham. To say that it blessed me would be an understatement. It really gave me a new lens to how to look at my close friendships, community, at church. And and I wanted to just give a quote from her book. A foundation for a good friend is love for God. So that's the foundation that we need to build all of our friendships on. We cannot love our friends correctly if we do not love God, right? So her quote, the quote is, we must start building the house of friendship with the foundation of loving God. And I just thought that was such a profound statement. And it gives us a good basis because it gives us a foundation that is unshakable, whereas humans are fickle, you know? What is a good friendship? Like, what is, how do we build on this foundation of loving God to love other people in our lives? What does that look like for us? So... With that being said, first question I want to ask you guys, what is the purpose of friendships? I would say fellowship. I mean, I think, um, man, that's a loaded, uh, that's a loaded question, actually, because there's several different purposes of why you would want a friend, in my opinion. Christian, you know this, that like, you know, I do, I feel like I love to meet new people and make new friends and stuff because I feel like uh, you could learn a lot from other people. So this is another reason why yeah. I like to make friends. But yeah, actually that quote that you mentioned puts things in perspective of what the real purpose of a friendship should be. But then they, there's these other things that kind of just play out. Like, um, you know, we have all types of friends, like gym friends, church friends. You got roommates. You got a whole bunch of different friends. And we just label it the term friend, but I don't know if it actually plays out like that in real life. Maybe it's just Mm -hmm. people who we commune with or something, but I like the definition that you mentioned from that book as probably being the, uh, the main purpose of a friendship. Okay. Uh, I feel like I'm about to expose myself. (laughs) No, I say that because as a disclaimer to any of my friends that may ever hear this, you can feel free to ask me this question, but like, you know, you're my friend. If you're my friend, if you have to ask me if you're my friend, then you probably answered that question. Um, and I say that because I would say there are different levels to relationship. Like if we're going to bring it generally, right. Mm -hmm. You have the acquaintance, right? Like I'm acquainted Mm -hmm. with you. I know your name or maybe barely know your name. Right. 
you're in a, there's the associate, right? I feel like people in the DMV will say this a lot more, but it's like, I, cause you associate with this person, but there is no, and maybe it's cause you have like mutual friends and you may have had some good conversation and different things like that. And then to me after associate is friendship. That's a friend, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. if you're on the friend level, there is a measure of reciprocity. And even in the friendship level, there's a spectrum there because I have friends that I've known for just as long as I've known you guys, but I would say the depth in our friendship, like those people are family, like period. Mm -hmm. Um, The way in which I would ask things of them and they would ask things of me, it's like without question. And I Mm -hmm. do understand that we're believers. And I had this conversation with uh, one of my friend, she is a friend. Uh, she's going to probably laugh if she hears this. Um, <laughs> from, um, from my church, because we have this conversation. Like, because I mean, during this quarantine season, I've been on every single Zoom call, FaceTime call, Google chat, Hangout there is. Extrovert I mean, problems. I, <laughs> no, but actually, <laughs> like, I... I am in need of people. And I mean, there is, there's a balance, right? Like, I have mm-hmm. been... I've been... I've learned to quiet myself and do in new ways, I should say, not do ways, new ways and deeper ways. But anyways, to get back to the point, there was like, we, me and her had like two or three really good deep conversations. Mind you, again, this is a sister in Christ and I love her. Like, I think that she's dope. Like even the Bible commands us to love, but she kept saying this thing after our teacher, like, man, I don't know you, man. I feel like every time I talk to you, like, I realize I don't know you. And it's, I told her once, I think this is like the third time we laugh about this now, but she was like, man, I don't know you. And I'm like, you're right. You don't know me because we're not friends. And mm. she was like, dang. <laughs> like, I know. I straight up said, oh, wow. Like that. I know I'm very black and white. And also, mind you, I also am a person like knowing her and think different things I knew about her. Like I knew that we could actually have that real conversation. Mm-hmm. and say like even she was like whoa and I was like I don't mean any offense my thing is it's like for you to assume just because we had one or two deep conversations that automatically there's friendship there is false it's like we can yeah. both be yeah. believers but at the same time that doesn't mean that we're friends because the thing is at this point you don't know much about me you're learning parts of my testimony as we're having these deep conversations right mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like you actually don't know me and also if I were to expect certain things from you like I think that we like maybe maybe expect is a bit of a deeper strong word but I think in Christ based off of our tenants this idea of generosity we could be generous with one another but the way in which there would be um maybe I should say like a safety net or like a comfortability in sharing certain things it's like I, you don't just get right to me to like just share things. You know what I mean? And I even told her ultimately just when I, because I got saved doesn't mean that I was automatically friend of God. And what I mean by that is like, I had to develop friendship over the years and it wasn't on his side. Like he, Jesus was already ready to be my friend, but it was like this reality. Mm-hmm. I had to learn what it meant to trust him, to be vulnerable to him, to be transparent with him, to allow him to the deep places and spaces of my life. And just to even enjoy his presence in the sense of like meditation of the word and like 
different things like that, not as a discipline, but actually as something that I find enjoyment in. Cause I feel like those are two very different things. And so yeah. it's like, if that's what my journey looks like with God, like you, man, like your flesh. And so it's not like automatically mm-hmm. I'm going to become friends with you just because I know your name and your favorite color. I I'm like the opposite way of Essie because so vulnerability, you know, I am not vulnerable. Like I actually hate having to go deep about myself. Yeah. So the metric, so it seems like vulnerability is, uh, it's core is there's a correlation between vulnerability and like the people that SC says who her friends are. That's like a strong correlation. Mm-hmm. The more vulnerable she is, the, the more of a friend or the more depth there is to that, you know, the label of friendship for that yeah. person. Mm-hmm. For me, my metric is time. Because for for me, the way I view it is time is like the resource that we can never get back. So like how I spend it with people is is very um, it shows a lot about who my friends are or not. Mm-hmm. There's other qualities like, you know, the quality of that time. Like if I'm just, you know, three hours, like <laughs> if I'm going to with my friend and we're just playing video games for three hours, you know, the quality of that time is not is not really good but at least but i am spending my time i'm choosing to stay with that person for like three hours right so yeah. when i look back at my friends i think about not only the amount of time but like man like i'm never gonna get that time back so let me look back so it means okay co-workers that have become friends so if we're actually spending time outside of work we have to go to work because i gotta pay bills Okay. <laughs> I, got, I got, I got rent. We, we, we have to do that. So that's something that I spend my time on. But then if we're taking, you know, time outside of work to hang out, I, I will see a friend. There's other things like, like time, not just in terms of metric, but like the times when I have people at my house, like if you're coming over my house, you know, as much as I would love for strangers to come to my house, mostly it's friends to yeah. friends that come to my house. Right. I've had yeah. people come over to my house and I would consider, Oh wow. If you've been to my house, like at least, you know, two times, then I mean, like we could be friends. That's, that alone is not a metric, but you know, if you've been to my house, if we've gone out to eat, eat out in the city and stuff like that, if we've mm-hmm. traveled together, all these things have an under commonality of time. And like, that's, that's travel together. Yep. You know, you know that, that uh, Seattle trip, Christian. That Seattle trip. We got to do another one, man. You know, so, but SC brought up a good point. When I look at my friendships, there is mm-hmm. vulnerability, but I don't, I think mm-hmm. most of the vulnerability comes from the friends who are with me, them being vulnerable with me versus me being vulnerable with them. So that's something I have to think about, but you brought up a good point, SC. Yeah. I think that's even to, uh, double if I'm allowed to. I don't know how this thing works. It's my first podcast. I'm new, guys. Uh, <laughs> a noob. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm a noob. No, but I mean, even just because the thing is, it's like I like when I say vulnerability. I like I would say I have been open with people, but it's been like maybe it's like this idea of like testing the waters because there is this idea and concept of relational equity, right? There's that. Mm. And then second, when you're in this place, uh, like especially in Christian communities, we often share testimonies or we're um, doing different or doing different things just to ultimately allow the Lord to get glory in our lives by showing like, yo, I'm weak in this area. And so I do think that we um, are vulnerable with one another. But I think our issue is 
we so quickly, I would say, say, oh, wow, so-and-so shared their testimony with me. Now we're friends as opposed to like, hey, I'm going to like do this exchange, this back and forth of like both serious things of like maybe sharing testimonies, maybe sharing prayer requests, but at the same time, the fun things. And I think that it's this back and forth and what the issue is, it's like, I, I would agree with you about time. It's like, for example, I've known you guys for like 10 years, but there was a space and time in our relationship where it's like, mm-hmm. we didn't talk. Yeah. So, but even in the midst of that, I do have friends that I've talked to. So where we are relationally is not the same where me, Easy and Christian, like where we're at now. And I would say it's definitely growing. But even with that vulnerability piece, I would say is I have friends because they know me because we're friends, know how to call me out of my crap. Yeah. And feel comfortable calling me out of my crap because I can come across two people. I'll say this for the viewers as someone who (laughs) is very opinionated, someone who has their mind and it's set and different things like that. I am ready 100% rebuke me all day long because I know I'm not perfect. But my thing is, if you're going to come at me, one, come correct. Don't just accuse me of certain things because of your own insecurities. But then two, it's like, is your, the motivation of your heart love? And has that been tested through time? Like you were saying. So it's like with friends, it's like, yo, I know so-and-so is calling me out. They're like, yo, first of all, check your tone because the way that you're talking right now is actually not in alignment with what I know that you believe. Like, yo, like, I see that you've been quiet. Like, what's going on? Like, this isn't like you. Like, friends are able to measure those different things and encourage you and call the things out in you that they believe and they see. And again, it's a spectrum, right? So if we just really became friends and honest with each other, I don't expect the same thing with the friend that it's like you're on day one with a friend who's on day 3,762 right correct um yeah so yeah I digress I agree I would say man you guys we all look at friendships so differently I kind of a combination of the two I guess time is important to me when it comes to developing friendships however I do think that the quality to me is so much more important than the Mm. amount of time um however with that being said my closest friends i have been friends with at this point for at least nine years so it's like i mean i guess time is just as much as important to me i think for me i've found in my life that people would claim friendship with me when i wouldn't do the same back so it's like not even (laughs) friendship it's the level sometimes like someone will say oh you're my best friend and i'm like Thank you. Am I though? I I I can't reciprocate that because I don't feel the same. I think it's the general because I respect everyone and I love everyone. I'm not fake about my love to people. If I care about you, I care about you. But it doesn't mean that you're my best friend. It just means that I'm I'm showing the love of Christ. Say that. And I guess it's hard sometimes because you're like, I just want everyone to feel loved. But I'm also introverted and I also need my space and my real friends know that. They're like, yo, Christian needs space. Like Christian needs to be able to process his thoughts. 
Christian needs to be able to be able to feel loved when we are around. Because I often, even with my friends, I have been able to feel isolated and alone. And and it's not their fault. It's me. It's Christian. It's like, what is within me that's allowing me to feel isolated when I'm amongst people that love me? But, you know, they know these things. So they know how to make sure that I'm seen and how to make sure that I'm, you know, I'm heard. And that to me has set certain friendships apart from others. I realized early on in my life that an idol of mine was relationships. If I get close to someone, if I get close to someone, so I feel like you are my friend and I feel like you, you, you reciprocate in that, I tend to get close to you. I will be more vulnerable with you than most people in my life. I will invite you to my home, which to me is a staple of my friendship. You do not get invited to my house unless I consider you a friend. Like that is a staple to friendship to me. Like not had a friend. All of my friends have been to my house. All of them. At one point or another. And if you have not been given an invitation to my house, then you probably might want to think about that. It doesn't mean that you can't get it. It I just became your friend then before the quarantine. Hey. (laughs) Oh, snap. She got you. To me, this is me inviting. I'm I'm very personal. Like I don't. I'm a very private person, and my family's life is something I don't just welcome everyone into. Which some would debate is not argue like biblical, but I'm just protective of my family. I'm protective of people being into my home because that's a that's my safe place. That's where I come home. I come home here to process. I come here to be safe. I come here to be to recharge. You know. So to me, invite someone into that is a very intimate thing. Like I said, it doesn't mean that I haven't had people over or acquaintances or you can't come over, but I'm more readily having friends over than just anyone, you know? Um, It's my safe place. Anyway, what was I getting at? I was talking about idolatry, which should ultimately be um, with fellowship in a bigger community of the church. Um, which are the people I'm in covenant with. You know what I mean? So like actually though. Like actually though. And <laughs> so that's where I am. I'm trying to reevaluate how I process friendships, how I look at them. Um, I want to be a better friend. I want to be a godly friend. I want to be a friend that points my friends to Christ because if we're not doing that, then we're doing a disservice to our friends. And yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, definitely. I think we all three view friendship differently. It plays out differently in each and every one of our lives. Because for me, because I value time, I also realize that people come and go out of your life. That's just the reality of life. People come and go. You think about high school. Are you friends with any of your high school friends? You spent four years in high school. You went over to their house. You've, you know, hung out. You played football with them. You've like, you went to prom with people. You cared about like things, you know. And for those who have the privilege of being able to have a stable place in one community, think about the people who have childhood friends and things of that sort, right? So, but how often do we actually? keep in touch with those people. Not in my life, not a lot. I think about college. There was a a group of people that I hung out with 
and like I love them and we still keep in touch till today. Is it the same level as my friends here in DC? No, it's not the same level at all. It it might it look like someone who I spent a lot of time with in college might look like today a text like every other month or a phone call like you know once a quarter. But I still consider them really good friends because you know what? I remember the times when we hung out all the time. Some of them became my roommates Mm -hmm. and we grew up as men. We grew up as friends, as adults together during that time period. Because I know people come and go, I have a more expansive way of thinking of a friendship because also when you think about, and this is something that's kind of controversial because I've spoken to some of my friends about this, but sometimes I view friendship as ministry because I have a lot of friends who are not in Christ. And for for me, welcoming my house to those people is an opportunity to, that's my virgin vulnerability. No one, not a lot of people <laughs> know my family. I like very similar to Christian. Like I family is like the blood, like they're, they're like higher than friends. And like most, most of my friends probably never have met my family or, or even like know, know about them. But me, mm-hmm. myself, like my own house, like, you know, my, the things that I go through, that's what friends have access to. And um, I sometimes view friendships, especially ones who don't have the same worldview as me as a way to learn from them and then learn from me. That's kind of like how I, I view it. I think it's a little bit more expansive. And that's why I think that's the reason why I get labeled maybe extroverted or whatever, or I have a lot of friends because I'm learning as much as they are about uh, other things about being friends, right? Um, I have a friend who has a huge close-knit friendship that lasted from high school all the way through adulthood. They all went to the same private Jewish school and like, I was like, dang, that is so freaking cool. It's all about time. But does he hang out with them every single day? No. All of them are like, you know, the the concept of proximity. Like, you know, Essie, you talked about this uh, just earlier. Yeah, we met in college. But there's a lull period of easy and Essie friendship. While you were abroad, while you're doing your thing, I was doing my thing. You come back to this area. I don't forget that <laughs> you're my friend. I just I just pick it up where we left off. I'm more of a like a pick it up where we left off type type of person. And I'm like, oh, Essie's back in town. All right. Let's hang out. Come into my house. You came to my house. You met some of my other friends too. We went to like we we went out to eat. Uh, us three, we went out to eat and everything. So I've I that's I don't know. I just view I have a more expansive opening for friends, even if it means like we like I agree. I one of the things I need to probably do better is understand the boundaries or understand kind of like the the limitations. Like not just anyone could come to my house. Like that's true. Like I shouldn't just be bringing. <laughs> oh, I you mean, like you I'm like the Buffalo Bills? Like, I like the Bills too. Cool. Let's be friends. Like you know, I I can't. It probably doesn't work out like that. But sure. I I do have to learn. Like because you did bring up a good point, Essie, about like what is an acquaintance. How to like you know what is networking versus an actual friendship? You know, just because I hear you speak one place and it really touched me because your testimony, like that doesn't mean that you get automatic access to my vulnerability and stuff like that. So those are things that I'm gonna have to think about. Yeah, and I mean, what I'm not advocating for is like this idea of oh, you're not my friend, so I'm never gonna be vulnerable with you, or da 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 da, but just I think expectation. Because, and that's why I say that it's all on a spectrum, because again, I am not going to, like, I have good friends like that, even right now, like, we're all, we've known each other 
since college, we've been doing uh, Bible studies on the Bible app since January together. It's like a new thing that we started doing. And I've known these people for 10 years, like even now, like, or even last September, one of our good friends got married in the middle of nowhere, Nevada. And all of us like traveled to go and like half of us were in the wedding and half of us were helping with the wedding, like as a given. And it wasn't like even this person asked, it's like the way in which our hearts connected or have been connected. It's like, you're on that part of the friend spectrum where you're straight up family, even kind of like similar to what you said. It's not even that like, I know your family, your family knows us like this person. It's like, we all were like, yo, Baba, like, what do you need? Like, how can we help you? Who are we picking up from the airport? That kind of thing, because we're so intimately connected. So what I'm not advocating for is like, don't let nobody over into your house. I understand we all have our boundaries, but I think something that you said that I, it every time I hear it, it kind of rubs me. It makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> is this idea that friends are for a season. And why I say that is it's like, I understand that principle and the sense of like, if I'm not in proximity to you, I'm not going to see you all the time. You're right. Like, like when I was overseas and like doing my thing and like learning about different peoples and cultures and different things like that. And you were in DC, like we just didn't talk that much. And also even when we were in college, like we had a similar friend group, but I would say even in that friend group, we had this like associate friend type thing. Cause it's not yeah. like I was hitting you up. Right. Yeah. True. And so it was one of those things where it was like, Oh, easy. I would hear about you. I'm like, yo, I'm glad that he's doing well. But because we weren't on like that, yo, like I have your number, I'm texting you, you're texting me. Like, this is a friend. Like I would say it's not until we, until I move back and I'm in this season now where it's like, yo, like how's easy mm-hmm. doing? How's his family? Because also in be, the proximity has allowed for us to actually build a friendship that we didn't really have yeah. as much as in college yeah. versus I would say someone like Christian where like we did have each other's number, even when I was in and out of like the States mm-hmm. and like abroad, I'd be like, yo, what's up? We would actually meet up. Right. And we would Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. get coffee. And so I would say, although we weren't like close in proximity, there was a friendship there that was maybe a little bit more foundational. Whereas now we have a proximity that allows us to create depth in friendship. I think a lot of times when we talk about friendship, it honestly, this is going to sound really extreme. We sound like parasites. Like I've gotten everything I've needed from you from this season and now moving on. And it's like, wait, then was that friendship? That I That's what really I'm wrestling with right now. That's what I'm wrestling with right now because one of the downfalls of being a human that does care about people is when you pour into people so much and then they just take the they take the opportunity to run away at the first sign of hardship. But I do think that we do need to be able to take risks. And to welcome people into those deeper parts of our lives with the knowing that everyone can't be extremely close to you. I think there are just limitations to us being humans. You know what I mean? Like, there are limitations. I think also, though, with friendship, kind of like what you alluded to, there are people that have said, yo, you're my best friend. Or they have said, oh, like, we're friends. And there's a measure of closeness that's established. And I think that um over time because we're human 
like we experience things that cause us to not relate properly to people that really care about us. And I think on the side of the person that's not her or not in this bad place, it's taking the time to like allow, not again, allow this person to hurt you, but to say like, hey, I'm here as a friend. And when you're ready, I'm here to talk. Um, and because I think even as Christians, oftentimes what we do is we still put, I wouldn't use the word idolatry. I think that you use it like think teach their own and it can be strong. But I think, I think sometimes we cling so closely to people. And ultimately it's like God is the one where we're supposed to put our ultimate trust and our ultimate hope and our ultimate like expectation. In. And it's like, if ultimately I am of believing that this person is going through something that's painful or this person is going through something or um, is operating out of their own hurt and pain. Again, I'm not saying that people should say in like friendships that are quote unquote toxic, but what I am saying is it's like, man, if we as Christians, as we as if we as believers are saying like, I am trying to emulate Christ, the fact that Christ is able to wait for us and the fact that he is, constantly like the word says like his mercies his loving kindness are new for us every morning it's like man as i'm encountering god in the word through worship through um healthy relationship with other people like with this one person who's struggling in this way it's like man am i like asking myself the question am i praying am i asking god like how can i love this person better and is my loving just looking like hey, this friendship is still here on the table. Like you may be hurt, but I'm just, I'm leaving the, so to say, I'm leaving the door open and I'm here whenever, but not waiting in such a way that it's like, if this person never responds back to you, you yourself are wounded. And I'm not saying this is an easy thing. I am saying that it is a process and something, especially as believers, we need to do better at one, not canceling each other. And two, just learning how to like bear with one another. Because I don't think when the word talks about bearing with one another and their burdens, it's simply just talking about when someone is mourning. But it's like, are we able to bear with one another in our process and love each other rightly through that? You you brought up a really good point about bearing each other's burdens. That's something that I struggle with because as, um, as someone that I don't play into cancel culture at all, I hate cancel culture, but again, going back, the reality is that, um, people come and go outside of your life. It's not that I believe like, just like how, when we met in college, like you were a friend in college, there's no reason for you not to be a friend now that you're back in DC. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if I'm friends with someone or if I put a label um, on somebody as a friend and like it's not adding any value in terms of like helping me be a better person or, you know, if, mm-hmm. if it's draining me, I don't think that uh, you got to reassess. But at the same time, I agree about, um, you know, just because like just because like th- your friend voted for Trump, let's say, is that a reason for you oh, to cancel I- him? Like, no, nah, that's just I'm, the differences in politics. Politi- that, uh, that's politics. different politics, politics, right? 
No, but I'm just saying this would be a reason to get someone canceled. You get just be honest. That's no, a reason sure. for someone Some to be canceled, would right? Feel that way. Yeah. So, so yeah. what I'm saying is, and and maybe it doesn't have to be that extreme, but like maybe you know maybe you guys disagree on some things, or like you know maybe uh, I don't I don't know what it would be, but that was just the first thing, obviously, because we live in D.C. and it's like super po- political and stuff like that. That right. that's one of the main things of what I see, like of people canceling people. But the reality is, like, yeah, like I don't know if I'm friends with anyone that really leans like that. To be honest, like a hundred percent. I've had mm-hmm. friends from college that like we were cool, but then I see their timeline. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> did I actually know you? And that was a test to that was a test to see, huh? Facts. Maybe, maybe I don't know if I was really friends with them. I was more an associate uh, and stuff like that. So I think there's a balance in bearing each other's burdens. I feel like you bear another per- like I'm I'm happy to bear burdens with you guys because of time and because of the quality of time, like you mentioned, Christian and Essie, the quality of time that we've had, yeah. it's not just like, it's not like, you know, we were, we went to the watch and that's it. You know, it's, it's more like yeah. we've kept in touch. I've seen you guys do your own thing. There's law periods in both of our friendships, but then we're back here in DC. So proximity does play a role, but also the concept sure. of reciprocation too. So like yeah. reciprocating the things that you give to that person, right? So like I can't be bearing someone's burdens if they're not going to help me out and bear mine too. And we could have honest conversations and they could call me out. Essie brings out a good point. I have to be better at allowing people to call me out. And actually I hate calling out. It's like one of those things like, oh, I hate to do it because I feel like sometimes calling out is like the thing that like defines whether you're a real friend or not, to be honest. Because like if you're able to you call, call me out, out in love. I know, I know, but we have a really, we have a really good foundational friendship but i'm not gonna yeah. lie like sometimes i don't know if i could call out because i'm like dang it are we gonna be friends yo, <laughs> but also, I, but yo, also I think, honestly no, no faithful are the wounds of a friend, of a friend. like say straight that up, say. i i much rather you be honest with me christian i see this in your life say and it. if i get offended let me be offended but you also have to trust that the spirit that lives within me is going to work in my heart and I think mm-hmm. that's what I've accepted for myself. I am giving all of my friends permission to point out my flaws. Like, mm-hmm. please point them out and don't do it because don't be do it afraid. Like, I'm going to respond in a hangful way because honestly, if you're my friend, I love you. And I don't I don't want us to not be friends. And I want exactly. to be a better friend. I want to be exactly. a better follower of Christ. So please wound me if it means helping me to be more sanctified. <laughs> Like straight up, <laughs> straight up. Please bust the cap. And no, I'm just kidding. Bust the cap <laughs> if it means that it's gonna make me more sanctified. But to get to the cancel culture, Essie, I absolutely agree with you. I hate cancel culture. Like I'm so opposed to it. I think what I'm learning, I'm struggling with is, or not what I'm struggling with, what I'm learning is how to hold my friendships with an open hand. To say, like you said, I'm here if you want this friendship. You may not want to see my face ever again, but just know that I am here if you ever want to work through what caused the tension, the conflict, the drama, the whatever in our friendship. But at the same time, another thing I'm accepting is, like I said earlier, I know for myself personally as an introvert, I can't be close to a million people. I have limited energy. Even as an extrovert, I I can't be close to a million people. And you know that as an extrovert, like we just have to be... We have to be able to be choosy on the people that we call our close, intimate friends. And those things 
sometimes just happen with time. I think that the longer you've known someone and the stronger, um, like the stronger the foundation can be, the potential for the foundation to be stronger as you're willing to bear with them. You're willing to wound them, but gently wound them. Like you don't just, I'm not out here about to grab a knife and just stab easy in the eye for the sake of him being healthier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh like if I see something wrong, I'm going to evaluate my life. Am I struggling with this thing myself? Am I even able to talk to him about this in a way that's godly and that's going to be gentle to my brother? Like, cause these wounds aren't just, they're not just us coming out with our swords and chopping each other up. It's me assessing how do I approach my brother, my sister gently in love to restore them to wholeness to God. And a passage that I've been looking at when it comes to, when I think about cancel culture is um, Luke 17, like watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Even if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times returns to say, I repent, you must forgive him. So we have a staple right here in Luke 17 verses three and four. Forgiveness is not optional. Like for us, it is not optional. And you can say, I forgive you and then just cancel still. That is what Christians do that. If Jesus did that to you, how would you feel? I forgive you, my son, but guess what? You still want hell. You cancel. (laughs) Like you said, Essie, we are to imitate Christ. So if we're to imitate Christ, we are to seek reconciliation. And I I believe that full-heartedly. But I think a question that we have to um, ask ourselves is, in pursuing reconciliation, in the case that maybe the friendship was not healthy, and I'm talking like extreme cases, like when do we actually reevaluate and say, okay, I want to be reconciled with you, but we need to make some drastic changes in this friendship, or we just need to step apart so that we both can be better Christ followers. I think we need to be able to evaluate and say that there might be times where that's appropriate. And I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? I wonder if I like that language. I mean, I, I, I still, <laughs> I like the language. Like, I was <laughs> Hey, in, in my own experience, I just still think, and you know, I'm growing as a Christ follower myself, but I still think, you know, people do come and go um, out of your, in and out of your lives. Right. And I, I'm more than happy to re-engage, you know, but it's it, just like how it's impossible for you to have a million friends. It's also impossible to think that everyone's going to be with you at all times like i mean not all time it's impossible to think that everyone's going to be your friend forever you know so um you know not everyone's your friend forever like clearly like you know i i don't have a lot of childhood friends <laughs> i don't even have one i have one really close friend from high school i would challenge that in one way what, what's the way that you, you would challenge it i would challenge that in saying that if we are in christ and our friend is in christ that we will be friends forever because we're not ultimately oh. looking at that's we're not ultimately like looking language. at friendship yeah. on this side. Well, no, but that's what I'm getting at. Like, just because we have to mm-hmm. separate on this side doesn't mean that we will not be friends once again. Like, mm-hmm. ultimately, in the friendships that I have that may not be good now or not on the solid foundation now, I have the hope of eternity. If you're a believer, like we will mm-hmm. be solid in heaven. Like we will be boys. We'll be bros and sisters we will we will be tight in heaven and that's Mm. the hope that i look forward to and yeah yeah i mean i like i agree with that um 
I don't, you know, I haven't been there, so I don't know exactly how heaven is going to be like. <laughs> but apart from my friends who are in Christ and we are going to be in heaven together, I was more <laughs> alluding to the fact of like here on this earth. So here on this earth, I don't think that it is reasonable to think that you're going to be uh, friends with somebody the whole time while you're here on your earth, on earth. You know, it's just like how you know, we can't be friends with everybody. You can't be everything to everyone. You also can't be friends with everybody at all times of your life here on earth. So with that being said, that doesn't mean that for me personally, that doesn't mean I close a door to that person's friendship. It just means that, hey, like the door is open. Like you were here, obviously, like at one time you could always come back. But then that bring that talks about something that um, we haven't got into is more about boundaries. So what do what do boundaries look like? within a friendship because boundaries is what dictates, you know, a lot of things of how friendship plays out, like how you spend your time. We all have friends. Mm -hmm. We've, we all have people or friends. I don't know if you would call them friends or people that you can't, you can only take them in doses sometimes. (laughs) doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you're not their friend, but (laughs) I mean, if, for example, Christian, let's just be honest. Like I have a lot of energy you don't have as much energy as I do and you're more peaceful than That's I am. true. Can you stay yeah. with me at all times every day? No, there, it, it, we will no. both go crazy. Cause I, first of all, let's go back to our trip. <laughs> actually. Oh my gosh. Let's reevaluate this. You wanted to take a TV day and just a, like a nice little, like let's relax at the hotel. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, we just spent all this money to go travel. I'm like maximizing my time. So like just in that one trip, we learned a lot about our friendship and how we have different energy levels, how we, yeah. we also like a lot of different things. But the thing that unites us is not only our time being our time of being friends, but also Christ unites us. And then in Christ, it, it was a kind of like a little filter in Christ. Then we found out there's so many other things that unite us, unite us as friends. Um, but first and foremost being mm-hmm. Christ. But at, at the same time, you like you could you take friends in doses. You there's some friends that are, I think, like for a time period. And then I mm-hmm. graduate into new friends. Like, so for example, I know Essie, you're not like, I want to hear your thoughts. But for example, like if I have, if I have friends who are constantly, you know, if I'm trying to help them out, I'm, I'm praying for them. And let's just say in a Christian context, I have some friends who, you know, who say that are in Christ, but like, you know, they're, they're not doing Christ-like things. I'm not going to hang out with them all the time. Cause I have a, I have a boundary of like, Hey, listen, I'm trying, like faith is more important to me than my friends point blank like jesus is is higher than anybody when it uh in 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 where he is in my life right so if i have Mm -hmm. to do a boundary of hey like you know i'm your friend absolutely i'm gonna tell you truth you know i'm gonna call you out in a loving way but man i can't be hanging out with you if like you know if you're not if you're not on the same journey if you're not running the same race as me right now like this right so it doesn't mean i end the friendship just means that hey okay well i got i got I got the whole DC squad that got my back. That's going to, you know, listen, listen to me, bear my burdens, going to help me out and help each other out. You know, I can't just be focusing on this one. And it doesn't mean that I cancel the friendship. doesn't mean that I end it. doesn't even mean that it's just for one season, Essie. It just means that. <laughs> it just means that. <laughs> you I have said a it was for a season. I'm cringing because of your words, sir. <laughs> 
Okay, so why do you guys hate that language? I want to know. I think even using that language, so this is where I'm coming from. Like, so let's say we're not, like, these are relationships that are good and that are well and different things like that. Like, there's no drama or craziness that's in the mix. This idea that friends are for a season is mean outside of that season, they are not my friend. So my thing, the reason why that's cringy to me is like, I'm thinking like, even Mm -hmm. right now, I like think of like my friends, there might be a couple of them that may listen to it. If I like put on my Instagram, like my friend Basil, for example, I love him. He is dope. He is super cool. The reality situation is, am I able to relate to him or relate to like my friend Diala or Sauter or all those different people? No, I can't relate to them in the same way because I'm not there. Are they still my friends, even though I'm out of this quote unquote season of living in the same nation as them? Yes. And so it's like, yeah, but I'm saying like in this language of friends are for a season, it says that it it relates this idea of because we have lost our proximity, we've also lost our friendship. And my thing is, it's like, I haven't lost friendship Mm. with them. Like, of course. Mm-hmm. texting yeah. and like sending messages and funny memes and different things like that like it's definitely not the same but at the same time it's like they know and i know about them that they want to know how i'm doing again it's mm-hmm. not going to be the same way as like if i kick it at your house or i go to one of my girlfriend's houses mm-hmm. and we like talk and say, like it's not the same i mean we're in a season of like being on like facetime and zoom and all those mm-hmm. things and so i think even like all around the world because even they were in a lockdown for a little bit and so it's like this reality we're all relating to each other in this like virtual way so it's like this is probably another podcast for another time but like what is proximity look like but anyways i digress to say like i cringe at that idea because i do think that people subconsciously have that idea of okay i'm going to like actually not care about you because i've heard so many people say this oh i'm just bad at communication and staying in touch with people although that is true if you are self-aware enough to say that Mm. you need to get it together period point you have the ability to change that right because it's like i'm again i'm not saying like (laughs) that you need to put everyone on the schedule and like all of a sudden but it's like yo if you did think about that person oh man like i wonder how so-and-so is doing or you do see that person's Insta story. Like, if this is a person, again, that is truly your friend, because I also think this is a maturity thing. Mm-hmm. If there's someone that is truly your friend, someone that you've actually cared about, that, like, in some way along the spectrum, right? The reality is they're still your friends. You're just not in proximity to them. Mm-hmm. And you can't grow in friendship in the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer once a friend most likely always a friend once a friend oh my most likely gosh always a friend. i'm so dumb no i'm just saying like that is another topic once a friend always a friend but here's the thing. but what but that's another topic but here's the thing here's what i'm gonna say we haven't really actually talked about this yet it's the voluntary nature of friendship so friendship is so unique because you know, you can't, you know, your family is blood, yeah, right? Stuck. And whether you have a relationship with them or not, they're still, they're still blood. So you're born into that. Um, your coworkers are like, you know, you could switch jobs, but for that time period, the co- yeah. you can't change unless you're the boss, like who you're working with. Um, you know, the person that you 
end up with and being committed to as a, as a partner, that's another relationship that is voluntary, but then it turns into a, a long-term commitment. So that's different from friends. So the, I, I'm just speaking, I'm speaking more in the reality of things uh, on here on earth. Cancel culture is so exacerbated because of the fact that friendship is a voluntary relationship. And great point that you made earlier, Essie, just like how someone listens to your testimony and they might think that they're like, you know, girls or boys with you or whatever. And, but you might not think so. It's because it's voluntary. Like they think that you don't think that I think that they don't think that, you know? So because it's voluntary, that's why I say that I agree with you guys saying that, you know, friends are not for a season. It's not like, it's not like in the fall I'm friends with my college friends. And then in the summer, I'm not friends with my college friends. It's I 100% agree with it. What I mean is that the mm-hmm. the amount of time and effort changes as life goes on with those with those friends. That's why for me, time is really important. It goes back to that because if it is voluntary, what that means is that you're choosing to be friends with me and like, you know, you're choosing to bear each other burdens. You're choosing to put up with my energy. You're choosing to put up with my like all the times yeah. I blow up your phone. You're choosing all the bad and all the good. Right. But there's really nothing outside of our faith, right? And 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 trying to be good brothers and sisters to each other in fellowship. If you take that out, there's really nothing that is holding us onto that, right? So that's why I'm saying I think I think that people come and go on your lives in terms of like the proximity, the time, and the effort that you place into it. But I 100% agree with like you know I I am a firm believer. Just me personally, once a friend, always a friend. I will have to admit that. Also, the level of effort changes depending on the personalities mm-hmm. and also on on the foundational things. And that's why boundaries is important. But like, you know, my, my friends who are in Christ, you know, my commitment level is, is pretty high, but my time might be a little bit different versus my friends who are not in Christ. I might I might prioritize my time some in some in some seasons, honestly, to be around some of my friends who are not in Christ because of me wanting to learn more about them and also being a light to them too. So there's a lot of factors that play into the voluntary nature of friendship. You know, it's not like we're, we're all born as friends, you know, we're not, that's the, that's the reality, you know? So like I, the one thing I will point to that you said was talking about, Oh, what was it? This, the idea that friendship is voluntary and I completely agree with you. And then you said something earlier about like friendships in like high school, friendships in like college and different things like that. I would say if we are people who are actually maturing and understanding mm-hmm. the value of relationship and friendship, friendship actually can last beyond seasons. Like for example, mm-hmm. in elementary school, yo, you like pink? I like mm-hmm. pink. Or you like exactly. blue? I like blue. Oh look, you like swings. I'm on the swing. Let's be friends, right? It's like this the very superficial standard of what friendship is at that level, right? At the same time, mm-hmm. I think the purity of friendship, like especially when you see with like little mm-hmm. kids, is this being explicit about friendship. Oh, are you my friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when we become adults, all of a sudden it's mm. like we mature. Like yeah. Like I said, you know wow, if you're point. my friend if we've had a any kind of conversation of like depth. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you're asking yeah. the question, if you hear this There's podcast no question if and you ask if mm-hmm. are me and I see friends, the reality of the situation is like 
if you're asking that again, I'm probably putting myself in a bad situation, but it is what it is. It's like, we're probably not friends. We're probably someone I do care about. You're probably someone I do want to get to know, but the reality is either based on time, you and I prioritizing it, like, or not prioritizing it, but we may not be friends if you're asking that question, because all of Mm -hmm. the people that I know, we've had some kind of, it's not like, oh, will you be my friend? Check yes or no, like on a box. But there is this explicit nature of like, yo, like, man, I've seen the way you've been there for me for this. Like, I'm really appreciative to you as a friend. Yo, I agree. Like, you're someone I'm super grateful for in this season as well. Like, I'm glad to have you. There's been some explicit kind of exchange of you are a friend to me or you are someone that I deeply like not only love and care about, but I have seen the way you've poured into me. I also want to pour into you or vice versa, whatever the case might be. Like there Mm -hmm. is an explicit nature. And I think that as we've grown up and in our culture, we're not explicit enough and, or we carry the same measure of superficiality like we were when we were children in the sense of like, Oh, you like makeup. I like makeup. Oh, you like this random musical group? I like this random musical group. And not to say that those points of connect or like you like spoken word or you like to write or you like to get whatever the case mm-hmm. might be or like you read books. It's like, I'm not saying those points are like bad points to start off on because that's how people like learn how to relate to each other. However, if we stay there, I think it's what causes our inability mm-hmm. to accept one another's differences and still be friends because like even you brought up the whole idea of like voting for trump or whatever the Mm -hmm. case might be i understand like when it comes to politics it can get a little bit heated but it's like ultimately if we're friends and i express you man this Mm -hmm. is why i feel this way or about this candidate are you willing to actually hear me or are you just trying to win an argument because i feel like in friendship you're able to have that dialogue like oh wait why do you like Mm. vanilla i hate vanilla like it's all about chocolate you know what i mean or like you actually have the ability to agree to disagree friends can yeah exactly yeah anyways i digress no yeah i think another thing we have not brought up at all in this conversation uh, i wanted to touch on a little bit is the jealousy component in friendships the friendships Mm -hmm. that can be like oh I own you, you know, you can't have any other friends, which I think all of us have been there at some point or another to a certain degree. That's actually toxic. (laughs) But no, I'm saying exactly. We all have been there to one extent or another. However, I think that there's, it's important that we touch on it because we need to remind ourselves that there is no one that you own. Your friends have every right. They have every, they have all the permission in the world to extend friendship to other people. And if you can't deal with that, then you need to you need to go to your friend and say, hey, I'm dealing with this. You know, like I think those when you allow those type of things to creep into friendships, those are the type of things that destroy relationships. If you let's say, for example, easy. I have a friend named Bob. Me and Bob <laughs> start hanging out more than me and easy hang out. And mm-hmm. you get jealous. You're like, yo. You just you just slip out every time you see me and Bob. You don't you don't want to associate with me. You get mad. Mm-hmm. You're you like become distant because you feel like I'm not your friend anymore. Like mm-hmm. I think that there those types of things need to be addressed because we all have 
like what's that like I said one or one time or another have dealt with that I've dealt with that in college with my best friend like I was jealous of my best friend having friends <laughs> and it caused mm-hmm. a lot of tension and conflict in our friendship I had to work through that and I did mm-hmm. and now please I know where we stand and I think that's the difference I know where I stand in my friendship with him mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of being quote unquote replaced because there's no me I'm Christian they're them. Mm-hmm. I feel a certain role in ex friend's life that so and so does not feel. And it is okay mm-hmm. for our friends to have other friends. We need to be okay with that. So I just thought that'd be good to just bring up because I've dealt with that um, mm-hmm. in college. I've dealt with that. And I know what it's like to be there. So if anyone's mm-hmm. listening to this and you feel like, you feel like there is this one person that is your person that is your person and there's no other please do yourself a favor and just reevaluate that like think about it differently Facts. um extend grace to yourself mm. because that's needed and realize that the only person that can fill that void of this is my person in your life is jesus and that's where mm. i mentioned earlier like holding my friendships with open hands the ability for them to say, okay, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to take a step back. I've developed that skill with my experience with that um, from my college time. And I'm mm-hmm. so thankful that I've grown into that understanding. I think that there needs to be an element of us being able to address the people that might be looked at as toxic and say that you don't have to stay toxic. You know, there's hope. Mm-hmm. Like we have all been there in one form or another. You know, Correct. yeah. Well, just yeah. use the use what the word says as the fruit of spirit to as a as a metric to understand who is being jealous or who is toxic in your relationships. This is one area, and this is probably because of just my mindset. Maybe I need to grow in it, or maybe I have a healthy. I don't know if it's healthy or unhealthy, but um, I I I don't tend to struggle with that because I just know that whenever someone gets jealous, it's because you're putting someone on a pedestal and like you can't, you just sure. can't put people on pedestals. I mean, it's broken people like sinful, broken, yeah. unperfect, whatever, like Bad. don't put them on a pedestal. Don't put them on a pedestal. But if you it's happen true. to fall into that, then just go back to what it talks about in the fruit of spirit. That's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and, you know, I'm not saying that anyone's perfect. It's not always going to be all of those all the time. But if it's getting out of hand, then that's going back to a question that you mentioned earlier. That's the part. That's the time where you're going to have to reevaluate or reassess the boundaries. Because, yeah, again, I don't know if it's healthy or unhealthy, but if it becomes toxic like that, I don't know. If we could be friends, you know, I right, like at least yeah. for right now or like we might need to take a take, take a step back or something. But me sure. personally, I'm not going to lie. I haven't really experienced that to like a really um, high level or I haven't seen it like, uh, like so evident in front of my face, but oh, it's I interesting. It. I would love, I love to hear like, you know, if you guys have, well, obviously Christian you have, I don't know, Essie. Yeah. I wouldn't say that I have experienced it like in the sense of like me being like, you are my only. Um, and that's because of my own thing is like, I never want to feel like a burden to anybody. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I never would want to, I never wanted to necessarily give that off to someone. 
I will say, I mean, this is probably just a reiteration, me being, um, I don't think that's the word, so I'm not going to say it. But just to repeat um, <laughs> what um, was said earlier, just this idea for the person who um, has, like, this is my one person. And I would even argue that for marriage. Like, I, like, I understand marriage is really important, but at the same time, it's like, this idea of this person being your one and only and nobody else it's like like at all like again marriage i understand it's a whole other ball game something new but it's just not healthy for any one person to be that yo every single healthy marriage i've seen they have quality male and female friendship of singles and not single people and or singles and couples and then on top of that it's like every single unhealthy couple i've ever known they are so self-absorbed in one another that it's disgusting and i don't mean in the sense of like pda or anything like that but it's like um it there becomes like this unhealthy self-absorption and no one else is a part of it and it ends up deteriorating deteriorating them instead of bringing them up you know what i mean it's like yeah uh, i want to give like an analogy um but it's like this idea of too much of a good thing is a bad thing like too much yeah. algae in the water kills all the fish you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying yeah mm-hmm. and i think it's I've just for the person who is again to reiterate clinging to this one person i would say what is it that you see in this one person that you might admire so much or that you are really grateful and thankful for. The reality is there are so many other people and sources for you to either feel affirmed or grow in whatever area in this world. There are millions of people on this earth. To cling to that one person, ultimately you harm and injure and limit yourself um, as opposed to helping yourself by clinging to that one person like you think you so desperately need to do. Yeah. And I think on the other side, I haven't, I would say experiences to a major degree, but I try and I've seen it happen with other people and I've seen ways that it could have happened in my relationships. And I would just say like giving grace to those people. And like, if you are wise enough or mature enough or have wise enough people around you to be like, okay, what is this person like trying to gravitate towards me and that maybe I can help them in other ways, not push them off, because I also think as a generation, we're so quick to call codependency when we actually don't even know what that word means. Another podcast for another day. Um, but <laughs> I think Stories it's for important days. for us. Yeah, I think it's important for us to, instead of wanting to cut that person off, help them because we like together we help each other grow. And so not like pushing that person over to be like, oh man. I think this person really is wanting to connect with me because they also like to do podcasts. Like, let me get them in a collaborative of other people who like to do podcasts or man, this person is another creative. Let me connect them with other creatives. Let me connect them to like open mic groups or other creative groups, like the listening or whatever the case might be. You know what I'm saying? Cause if mm-hmm. we just say, Oh, this is a toxic person. And before it even is actually toxic and just push them away, that person is just going to be toxic to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's very okay. true. Okay. All right. Well, we covered a lot. So we I did. have 
have to ask you guys one sentence takeaway from conversation. I'm the best friend that any of you guys have ever had. <laughs> Lord humble Essie. Okay. Joking. Oh, we love you no, anyway. Joke, joke, joke. You guys know that I'm joking. Yeah, I know. would say, even in this conversation, oh, this is going to be more than one sentence. It's going to have a lot of commas and semicolons. So everyone bear with me. Uh, I would say, in this conversation, <laughs> I am reminded of how blessed I am to have friendships all over the world. That I have people that are near and dear to me. And although we don't have the proximity that I would want, the reality that in certain seasons, God puts people in certain places in order for um, you to grow and for them to grow. I would say that for me as my friends at ARC, I'm super grateful for them, never expected to have them. But I do. And at the same time, I have friends in different states and different nations that I would say one of the blessings of this time of COVID is times to FaceTime people that maybe if I was commuting or running around, I wouldn't have been able to do. So I'm grateful that we have human relationship. Amen. Easy. I would just say that, you know, people are dynamic. And I think God intended us to be like that. You know, we were made in his image. And it's a privilege to, you know, while we're on this earth to tag along with people and spend more time with people who are like-minded and make life like a lot more fun and stuff. So um, I'm a huge believer in friends and it's just worthwhile to have friends, basically. Agreed. Agreed. My takeaway would be we definitely need friends. They enhance life. Therefore, the purpose of growth. We need to learn how to not be so quick to cancel, to not be so quick to call it quits, to be more patient and understanding and loving and to show Christ's character to the people that we call friend and for those that may need a friend. That's kind of what I've been learning through just my time and through this conversation with you guys. So thank you guys. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yes. So that completes this episode. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. If you've been listening so far in the second season, please do me a favor. Leave me a rating in iTunes, please. It helps us to get more listeners. So we would appreciate that. If you like it, obviously, don't lie. If you don't like it, just don't tell me, please. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I appreciate you guys.